Enter a world of dreams, delusions, and Gal Gadot's Imagine video. Okay, look, it's the Luminaries. David Odyssey here. We have a lot to discuss. Most of it will be centered on Gal Gadot. God, Christmas was fucking depressing this year. Okay, stick around. Love you. Why? Hello and how are we? It is your favorite libertarian, rancid, crone fag. I have a lot to say. Let's start. It's December 27th. I am bone tired in a way that, well, let me explain why. I just came from Manhattan. I'm at this point where I'm realizing I don't think I have ever been in Manhattan and not had my blood sugar catapult to fatal levels. It is impossible for me to go to Union Square without losing um, three pounds and having some sort of a synaptic crossfire uh, mental imbruglio. And I was just there with imminent future guest um, Lulu Krauss. And there's just something about going, especially like a walk through Soho where it feels like having the blood sucked out of your body. I'm thinking of, the, you know how I am when I leave Manhattan is um, Steve Buscemi at the end of Monsters, Inc. When, when they've scream extracted him. We had a gorgeous time, by the way. We went into a million stupid, stupid little stores. I cannot imagine how they're in business. The people who work there must have hated us. We had the best time. But there's something about crossing that bridge back into Brooklyn where you're like, okay, I have no white blood cells left. Um, anyways, so hello, I'm in a fugue. I am drinking black tea from a place that makes me want. Then there's places where I want to move to Manhattan. Physical graffiti with the chic Israeli woman uh, who sold me excellent black tea. I'm drinking it right now. Loose leaf, gorgeous. Veselka, Spark Pretty, etc. Okay. This is what's going on. In a state of supination, I gave two and a half hours of my life, but what felt like a solid nine hours to Wonder Woman 1984. We're going to get into it. Um, it was upsetting for me for a lot of reasons. Because... It shouldn't be that hard to do right. And it seemed like there were decisions made that went out of uh, one's way to overcomplicate for no reason. Let's start with Pedro Pascal. Um, something I hate about men, especially male actors, is that while women uh, are preparing... Anytime a woman is on screen, you just need to know that she's waking up at 4 a.m., uh, drinking like kale juice and deadlifting for three hours before appearing on screen. Men, meanwhile, apparently are drinking like hard whiskey and eating hot dogs. He looked, this is not a, a about weight, he looked inflamed. When I say someone looks inflamed, I'm talking about the Johnny Depp, Leo DiCaprio, you have clearly been drinking like and not taking turmeric and your face is puffy. Pedro Pascal... I 
thought was a sex icon on Game of Thrones. I, I don't care about the Mandalorian. I just don't care. He was very inflamed in this movie, and it, it pissed me off because his character is... Max Lord is a capitalist violator and metaphorically a rapist, and the idea that they made his character, like, vaguely redeemable by giving him a child, which is so boring. Okay, enough. Gnug. <clears throat> the movie itself made no sense. Uh, if you're doing a Wonder Woman movie set in the 80s, all you need to do is literally watch any Indiana Jones movie, set the dig in Themyscira, have uh, Barbara Minerva be like a crazy archaeologist and Maxwell Lord funding the project and everything goes wrong from there, and then Wonder Woman having to adjudicate between humans and Amazons. And if you're going to set the movie, any scene in the movie in Egypt, you should feature the Bana Migdal and Artemis, but I digress into D-list trivia. It just upset me because it was really over-convoluted for no reason, and the a lot of the character choices didn't make sense. Um, you know, Wonder Woman is not a mall cop. Wonder Woman is not like foiling bank, bank robberies or jewelry heists in a mall. Batman is a capitalist superhero, which is why Republican men love him and they love their guns and they think that they are Batman and they think that they're the one who's going to be a hero and save the day. Superman is a socialist hero. He's all about uh, helping ensure that everyone can have everything they need so that they can do their best. Wonder Woman is a feminist hero. So she is about taking down structures of oppression and ensuring equality, which worked kind of in a World War I movie where she's fighting oppressors. It does not work in this movie, which had no nothing to do with anything at any point. It's also like the scene where Gal Gadot is like getting a Merlot in the town square. I was just like, come on. Okay. Kristen, Kristen Wiig, Virgo, I thought really tore it. I thought she really showed up to work and she really hit her marks. I think the movie underserved her. The scene when they're in, in the White House and she beats the shit out of Gal Gadot was, I thought, excellent. I thought Kristen Wiig was so compelling. I was with her all the way. Uh, the mistakes were that they just like didn't let her go all the way. They didn't make the movie... The reason that Cheetah is an incredible villain is because Wonder Woman is a woman who's been given the, all of these gifts and this power and she uses it for the common good. The idea of Cheetah is that she's the inverse, which is she's a woman who's being given power and she's like, I don't give a fuck about anyone else. I want to enjoy this. And it's a great duality between those two characters. Um, and we we needed to just go there. It needed to be about women. And for some reason they shied out from that. And then the other thing I would say, because I actually think Kristen Wiig would have given us a Michelle Pfeiffer level performance. They should have had her just in a cat suit. If they had put her in a cheetah print costume, I am telling you she could have pulled it off. It would have been, it would have been it, the other thing is, you know, the movie has so similar plot plot wise to Batman returns, the greatest film of all time. And, you know, where we have Pedro Pascal as Christopher Walken and 
um, Kristen Wiig as Michelle Pfeiffer. And it's like, okay, you already invented this plot. So why don't you just stick to it? Why do we have to bring in all of these other elements? Okay. The thing I want to just say, and then we're done with this topic. The scene at the end where, which I, I assume is shot in the Grove. Uh, it's literally in the Grove or in Universal City Walk where like, Wonder Woman is like observing happy children on Christmas or something. It, 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 I have no idea what the hell that was. When she turns to that man and says, happy holidays, as a snowflake comes down, my ire, my wrath, listen, it's not happy holidays, it's Merry Christmas. And I know that I sound literally like Megyn Kelly, but there are no other holidays in December besides Christmas. I'm sorry, Hanukkah's not real. You are welcome to wish me uh, an easy fast on Yom Kippur. And and the same, by the way, on Ramadan, wish people an easy fast. In Ramadan, I think, is in April. In Nuru's is in March. You can uh, wish people a happy Nuru's, a happy new year, etc., etc., the idea that in the 80s, Wonder Woman would wish anyone happy holidays is hideous. And also, like, I don't, there are no holiday movies. There are Christmas movies. In movies, people say, oh, it's Christmas, dot, dot, dot. That's the reason why, especially Batman Returns, Merry Christmas, Alfred, Goodwill Towards Men and Women, Scrooged, etc. There's a canon. When you, when you have Happy Holidays at the end of a massive budget movie, it sounds like it's for no one by no one. I was really not happy with that. And generally speaking, don't insult me by wishing me Happy ho Holidays. You don't give a fuck. You don't even... On Christmas Day, you're wishing me Happy Holidays? Hanukkah was two weeks ago. And do you even know what Hanukkah is? It, okay. Anyways, but to all the people who wish me a happy solstice and, and a great conjunction, thank you. That's so sweet of you. All right. I want to say that I seen, I seen, I seen some really important movies lately, notably Single White Female. This, I think, is one of the most important New York films of all time, and it really, really satisfied me in an important way. Classically, we have Bridget Fonda as this bourgeois, bland yuppie who, of course, uh, has like her gay best friend who lives upstairs who she totally uses and abuses. And then she brings in her new roommate, the one, the only. She has to be a Virgo. Let me look into this. The one, the only, the one, the only Jennifer Jason Lee, who, as we know, Tears it every goddamn time. And her getting robbed of that Oscar by fucking Alicia Vikander. You want to talk about this country's ingenue complex and our kitty porn complex. Why doesn't Jennifer Jason Lee have an Oscar? Okay. Jennifer Jason Lee, oh, you're going to love this, is an Aquarius. So I'm done. I'm in it to win it. All the way. Okay. Jennifer Jason Lee plays her mysterious new roommate who, of course, sabotages her life, copies her hideous haircut, and um, murders everyone around her and tries to murder Bridget Fonda. Okay. 
So when the movie started, I got really angry because the movie has basically Bridget Fonda as this like white woman protagonist and she has this like gay best friend. Of course, the movie is going on during the during the AIDS crisis, but apparently we're not going to worry about that. And I got really angry because I was like, well, I cannot watch another movie about a woman and her gay sidekick. And I got and I thought, like, you know, this has done so much damage to so many relationships in my life. It's it's made me seethe with passive aggression to sort towards so many of the women in my life. But then I also thought I was like, okay, it's not the women's fault. It's the male executives who, God forbid, they could like let women have uh, advanced developed roles and let gay men have advanced developed roles rather than, you know, we're going to go into Shulamit Firestone territory, but it's like daddy's here. And then we have the oppressed class, which is mommy and child. And in this case, the gay, gay men are children and women are, are the wives. And we're all just in this like sick power play. However, the movie is gay revenge, it's queer revenge, and it's post-AIDS revenge because, you know, Bridget Fonda, you just get this, it's it's over and over again. We were like, how is this milk toast, styless, bland turnip woman adored by everyone, just universally adored and worshipped? And then Jennifer Jason Lee comes in. And there is just this sense of, okay, here we have a, a real faggot. Here we have a queer person who's come to New York to reinvent herself. Something's not right. Um, she doesn't have any money. And she so admires this, like, established, rich, yuppie woman and wants what she has. And then she takes it. And it's honestly off to the races from there. I highly recommend After Hours. Uh, no, I highly recommend Single White Female. I also saw After Hours, which was a uh, don't... After Hours to me was similar to my beloved movie, um, Adventures in Babysitter. Uh, Adventures in Babysitting, which is if you belong in the suburbs, don't come to the city. And I wish we had more movies like that now, which is don't come downtown. Don't come to Soho. You don't have what it takes. Um, but I, I, After Hours is so next level, and, and I'd love to know what, what any of you think about it. It's from my dear friend, Marty Scorsese, whose daughter, Francesca Scorsese, Francesca Scorsese absolutely tore it on Not Right Here Right Now. Um, what's it called? We Are Who We Are. I was shocked that We Are Who We Are isn't on more of these like end of year lists. I also want to say that end of year lists suck. They are, if you want to talk about being humiliated, write an end of year list about the best TV shows or movies or albums. Those people are the worst because it's like you just prove how unoriginal you are and how you literally just copy what everyone else thinks. It's very, very embarrassing for everyone involved, including me, the reader, because then I get riled up and competitive as if anyone cares. Okay, what am I, why am I on one? I, I have nothing, my life is fine. This is like when dogs or children get upset. It's like, your life is perfect. I'm not suffering. Okay, I'm gonna go with that. This OnlyFans bullshit is really pissing me off. It, it, you know, we're one week into Saturn in Aquarius and we're already having the law laid down on the internet. And it's such 
I don't know. It's just ridiculous because it's like, okay, we finally found a way for people to have some shred of agency when it comes to making money for themselves and uh, you like controlling the body narrative. And then we have to have like the reverend come in. Um, I think the answer is just like, if you know people with an OnlyFans, just become a subscriber. And whether you want to watch their content or not, like just put money in their pockets. I can tell you some previous Luminaries guests, if you'd like anyone you'd like to support, uh, DM me and I'll tell you offline because apparently like we can all be shadow banned. I've really wanted to do a profile of people who are using OnlyFans, especially during the pandemic. Sorry, I'm pouring black tea. I want to do a profile of them, but I also don't want to be like a narc. This just sucks. This whole thing sucks. Been catching up on astrology for 2021. I would say the best times for travel and fun and conviviality is May 13th through May 29th. And then hold on. Let me just double check when that Mercury, Mercury, ah, June 22nd to July 28th. So May 13th through May 29th, the other thing is June like, 22nd through July 28th. Um, okay. So let me know I if you want to go in on a place in Fire Island. Um, also, we are looking at more civil unrest January, February. I don't know what that means about the Georgia election. I'm extremely anxious. I really don't know what's going to happen. I'm hoping that Jupiter pulls through for us. But regardless, you know, housing and food crisis is kind of it's happening in its other way. But I actually think you must be so glad you came. And by the way, I was literally in Vail, Colorado two weeks ago screaming at god why god why but it felt so good to like be raging at god and not at my mother so i do feel like there's this very healthy thing going on with me which is i'm kind of like putting this into a new vessel which is 12-step work the issue and recovery but who does that make me as an artist like what does that mean um i don't really know that i have anything to say anymore which is fine uh, I am now actively, just FYI, like, look out for Valentine's Day or whatever. I'm actively training in Sinistry, which is being able to do uh, a dual chart or a composite chart, which is, like, couples astrology, basically. So, uh, you know, stay tuned. And I suppose as this is the last episode of 2020. I don't even know what to say about this last year. The word for 2020 was peace. And I suppose ending the year in recovery does give me a sense of peace for which I am thankful. I don't know how to look at a lot of this year with great shame and with an ever dawning awareness of the ways that I really got lost and the ways that I really just couldn't cope with what was happening in the world and what was happening personally and with the idea of growing up and the idea of taking responsibility, the, the idea of ambigu ambiguity, the idea that any and all of us is at, in some ways in this country an abuser. And... I guess I want to move out of a phase in my life of like learning lessons or coming to some point of closure. 
I feel like I am in the ground, which is okay. The year started, I felt, with great creative focus and with me being able to do a solo show and release a lot. And now it's moving into a more complicated, confusing, curious place where I don't want to be in a victim mentality, um, but I also don't know who I am outside of a victim mentality. I feel like... um, I don't know, I feel like more of a shapeshifter than ever. I feel like I'm understanding the ways that I can't go back to the way things were. I keep thinking like, how many nights was I out and really out of my mind? Triggered, high, just freaked out how many sex parties was i at slash hosting where the chances of me getting hard were impossible so how many times at re-speech this summer was i literally like what if i just drowned myself re-speech this summer the there is no way out besides the ocean and you know I, I there were times where i was like do i need to pull him alone in um dancer from the dance and just like get out of here as soon as possible i am concerned of course that i have made i am in my 7 year my 7th house perfection year which means that the when you're 30 the focus is on your 7th house in astrology which is the house of intimate partnerships and open enemies and collaboration And I am feeling the open enemies part because I do feel like a lot of my behavior, which I'm now dealing with in recovery, um, has rightfully screwed over a lot of relationships, especially romantic relationships. And I made a lot of mistakes and I wasn't able to really take responsibility. And as my therapist read me to filth this this week, apologies are not the same thing as amends. So I feel largely, like, canceled, which is good. Um, And I feel really, like, not sure what's going to happen next. Um, But I also feel like the do-or-die thing is over. There's a sense of, like, okay, I'm still here, and I actually want to, like, be alive and not just, like, crawling through barbed wire and muck to survive in some social strata that I've completely invented for myself. Um, And the word for 2021, because Pat Riley, two-time previous luminary Pat Riley, said that your word for the year needs to be a verb. The word for 2021 is taste. I want to have an affect experience, which is to say, smell flowers, eat food, like, be here. I want, like, to buy clothing that feels good on my body. I want huge tits. Um, And I also want to figure out what my taste is. I don't know what I like. I don't really know. I know, like, I feel really grateful that I'm, like, in a world and in a community. But, like, I don't really know what my thing is, what my tastes are, who or what I actually find stimulating or interesting. So I kind of want to be, like, on that journey, which is, like, the base journey. And... It's very hard for me to not have like a thing and it's very scary for me because I'm like, I am 30. It's time for me to be left behind. I have no management, blah, blah, blah. But it's felt really good to be 
not on pot and not on mushrooms. I don't have any judgment about it. I, I love those. But right now, for me, it's been good to just be on nothing. And it's felt really good to be studying and learning and practicing with astrology and tarot. It's been good to learn something and not just expect something. Anyways, thank you so much for listening. Astrologically speaking, 2021 will be better than 2020. It's not going to be without its challenges, but it will be better. And thank God. Thank God, generally. Um, I will be back next week. I assume I'll do an interview next week. Um, and if you'd like to get into a reading with me, tarot, astro, um, please email me uh, a david odyssey at gmail.com you can dm me uh, on instagram because i'm still scared of twitter um, at david underscore odyssey of course odyssey is spelled o-d-y-s-s-e-y um, and i will see you when i see you um, have a great new year you don't need to do anything for new year's by the way New Year's is like Halloween. It's a nothing holiday. Don't, you don't need to do any, literally, you don't need to do anything. If you want to make money on New Year's, go for it. You don't need to do anything else for anyone. Fuck them, okay? Okay, I love you. Bye-bye. <laughs>